This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Dan Zampano will be coming up here at uh, 9.15 to talk about last night's just uh, brutal, brutal Thursday night football game. They, They keep getting worse. I mean, it was so bad last night, I actually had to turn it off. Honest to God. Uh, it's just been uh, just been terrible. So uh, we'll have him coming up at 9.15 to talk about that. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, offseason, the Hot Stove League has kind of gotten started. Uh, last night, the announcement was made about the 14 players rec- received qualifying offers from their teams. Uh, most of them will turn them down. Uh, there's a couple I think that may um, that may accept them. You know, it's interesting. They started this whole qualifying offer thing uh, in 2012, and they did it uh, basically like if you've got a prime free agent and you want to make sure you get some kind of compensation for them because you didn't, you know, you didn't trade them when their contract was expiring, as a lot of teams will do with the trade deadline in the last year of somebody's contract. You want to get a draft pick in exchange for losing this guy to another team. And I think the qualifying offer this year was somewhere like around 19 and a half million bucks. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to have a problem living on that. Uh, but the, most of these guys that are going to free agency are going to get far more than that. The, of course, the big names uh, that got the qualifying offers yesterday, Aaron Judge, uh, you know, 19 and a half million dollars. He already turned down $30 million a year from the Yankees. So, uh, you know, he's not going to accept that, but it just means if Aaron Judge does sign with somebody else, the Yankees will get a draft pick for that. Uh, Xander Bogarts was given one. Again, he's, his, if he hadn't opted out of his contract, he would have made, it, made more than that. So he's not going to accept it. That's, no, that's a no-brainer. Jacob DeGrom, same thing. He's going to make a boatload of free agency. Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner, they're going to make a ton. Uh, guys that might accept it, Jack Peterson was given a, a qualifying offer by the Giants. That surprised me. He had a hell of a year, but, you know, his history does not tell you that Jock Peterson is the kind of guy that's going to command that kind of money in free agency. But we'll see. But I think he probably accepts that offer. It, it's for one year. And, you know, if he does it again, you know, it, this would be a, a good way for Jock Peterson to kind of bet on himself, hey, I can do this again. You do it two years in a row. Uh, maybe he gets a bigger contract than that next year. The problem is, is he's 31 years old. Uh, Nate Valdi. This is going to be an interesting case. Now, Navaldi's a free agent. 
Been with Boston for the last four years. He had a so-so year last year, pitched to an ERA of almost four and a half. There were some injury issues. Uh, there were some command issues. There were some velocity issues. Uh, came back at the end of the season, made a couple of starts, looked pretty good. Um, will he accept that? I still, I don't think he will because I still think he can get a multi-year deal somewhere else. Even if it's not in Boston, I think he can get a multi-year deal for around $20 bucks a year. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Uh, another guy that might, Martin Perez, who was unbelievable for Texas last year. I mean, hell, if he had done that for the Red Sox, he'd have never left Boston. But I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to accept it either because I think Martin Perez now is going to try to uh, capitalize on that great year he had and say, hey, look, you know, and go out and try to get himself a multi-year deal. He's in his 30s. His earning potential in years that he's got left coming way down. So I don't know that he'll accept it either. So I think the most likely guy to accept it is Jock Peterson. Outside of that, I'm not sure anybody else will. Um, only one guy accepted it last year. Brandon Belt took the qualifying offer of $18.4 million from the Giants last year. That was it. And then, of course, he went out and got hurt. So the Giants got hosed uh, on that deal. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the New York Mets yesterday picked up their $14 million option on Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco was 35 years old, but he had a hell of a year, 15-7 and seven, uh, with a 3.97 ERA. Uh, in his second year with the Mets. Uh, by exercising the option, that makes the contract worth uh, $48 million over four years. He can become a free agent after next year's World Series. But I think, that's, uh, I think that was a good move by the Mets. That's a bargain. Uh, here's an interesting one yesterday. Justin Verlander, who is likely to win the Cy Young Award this year, opted out. Uh, of a $25 million option with the Houston Astros to become a free agent. Justin Verlander is 39 years old, and he is walking away from $25 million. How about that? Uh, to accept, I guess, probably a one. I, I would imagine he's going to try to get a multi-year deal, um, you know, maybe two or three years. The question's going to be how much money does he want? I mean, he's not getting Max Scherzer money. I, I don't think. Not at 39 years old. I can't believe that they're going to give him $43 million a year uh, at 39 years of age. Uh, what's more likely, maybe he gets Garrett Cole money. But even then, I would think that's a stretch. Garrett Cole is making $36 bucks from the Yankees. I think that's a stretch at 39 years old. Now, do I think he could get $30 bucks a year? Yep. And I think there's somebody that would probably give him two or three years. I mean, hell, he came off a of Tommy John surgery and was 18-4 and four this year with an ERA of 1.75, which was the best in Major League Baseball in 28 starts. You know, I mean, this is a guy that's got a career ERA of like 3.2. He's got over 200 and almost 250 wins, I think. Uh, you know, so I, I think he can get a two-year deal. But he's not getting 43 million a year. I don't think he's even getting 36 mil. But I, I would not be at all surprised if somebody bites for, say, 30, 32, somewhere in there. 
Um, other news from yesterday, the Dodgers declined their $16 million option on Justin Turner, making him a free agent. I still think he resigns there. We'll see. Uh, and uh, news came down last night from Clayton Kershaw himself that he is close to finalizing a deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers to stay there, uh, a one-year deal. Uh, I think that's the way Kershaw is going to be for the rest of his career. I mean, he's obviously he's got some, uh, you know, whether he's going to be able to stay healthy or not. The age is starting to become a factor. There was some talk that maybe if he didn't sign with the Dodgers, he would go to Texas because he's from that area. Uh, there was some flirting with that, you know, prior to his last contract. Uh, but it looks like he is going to stay in New York for another year. Uh, and I think Justin Turner will resign there. We'll see. Uh, the San Francisco Giants declined their $13 million option on Nevin Longoria. Uh, they bought him out for $5 bucks. Look, I'll tell you what. Um, San Francisco is making a lot of noise, and, and they've cleared the decks of a lot of money. There's been some talk they're going to take a run at Aaron Judge. I still can't believe the Yankees are going to let him walk. But if anybody could do it, if anybody could afford it, and if anybody is going to be appealing to Aaron Judge outside of staying uh, in New York, I think it would be his hometown, San Francisco Giants. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, women's basketball last night, the UConn Huskies. Uh, there's ranked sixth. It's going to be a very interesting year for them with Paige Beckers out for the year. Uh, but uh, as he Fudd, the sophomore who was uh, supposed to be a great one-two combination with Paige Beckers, uh, is going to have to carry the torch for that team this year, and she did last night against Northeastern. She scored 26. Aliyah Edwards with a double-double, 14 and 12. Uh, Dorka Juhas with another double-double. She had 14 and 11. Uh, the uh, the redshirt senior, uh, Lou Lopez Senechal, was 17 points last night. Aubrey Griffin, first game back um, after missing all of last year, uh, came back with 13 points. Um, they blew out Northeastern. There was no surprise there, 98-39. Uh, the question is going to be, how good is this UConn team? Seeing them as a preseason number six is weird for a lot of people. Uh, there are a lot of folks that don't think they'll even be uh, a top ten team this year. Uh, I wouldn't count them out just yet. There's still a lot of talent on that team. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football. Back in a minute, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 18 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Friday morning. And as we are every Friday, Dan Zampano, is, he's up uh, up north in the, uh, well, not quite the great white north, but he's up in New England as uh, his Lib <laughs> Liberty football team getting ready to take on the University of Connecticut Huskies this weekend. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Is it chilly up there, buddy? Gene, I'll tell you, I, I must have brought some of that southernly you know, hospitality up here because it is balmy as can be uh, up here in the home state of Connecticut. It, it's it's about 65 degrees up here, a little rain, but tomorrow's supposed to be 70 degrees for that game, so should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, you'll be sent back to the hell of winter for the rest of time, <laughs> at least until April. So, well, uh, well, let's let's before we get to the uh, the NFL stuff. Uh, you guys are a 14 and a half point favorite over UConn this week. UConn feeling pretty good mm. about feeling pretty good about themselves. UConn is at uh, they're a 500 team, but you guys were a 14 and a half point underdog. At uh, at Arkansas, right? So you can't get too giddy about the line this week going up against UConn, right? Uh, I look. I've been saying it for a couple weeks since we beat BYU. I said this is the most dangerous game on our schedule. So um, I, I, we knew what we were getting at Arkansas, and they played hard. And 
we were fortunate enough to hold on in that game. But this game here is, is also going to be really tough considering the circumstances, ball eligibility on the line for UConn, uh, the rebirth of the program, um, a, a lot of stuff going on. So it's going to be an interesting game, and, it, and it's a, a place of unfamiliar territory. So just focus in and, and obviously you know, do our job, and we'll, we'll try to come out with a victory. But it's going to be a fun game. Well, let's get to uh, last night's NFL game. Uh, <laughs> are you sure that's what we can call it, James? <laughs> I, no, I'm telling you what these th- <laughs> these Thursday night games have been brutal. I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, they've just been brutal. And if you're going to have Thursday night football, and look, it it is what it is. The NFL could pretty much throw out anybody they want out there and get great ratings. But if you're the NFL and you're going to have a package, you know, with this new streaming service, you know, with uh, with Amazon and everything, you'd like to have some better games than they've put on Thursday Night Football this year. I feel bad for Al Michaels. Uh, oh, I mean, Al, Al's up there just, you know, with his hand under his chin, just waiting to see what time the the, the, the Italian restaurant in downtown Charlotte closes. You're not kidding. You know, if they'll let them have a midnight table. I mean, that's basically what it is. Uh, it's sad. And, and, of course, you know, Al and Kirk getting to know each other. The chemistry hasn't been fantastic on the sports broadcast. The right. product, obviously, last night wasn't great. But there are some games in which the product has been good. Baltimore-Tampa Bay. That was good, yeah. Uh, it comes to mind in that type of a game even though that was also kind of a slog. But look, you know, we've been saying it, and I think maybe this year more than anything, the league's offensive play is so down from where it has been. Uh, Defenses have dominated. Scoring is down. It's just been sloppy, bad coaching. I mean, all the way around it's been that way. And, of course, last night you're dealing with an interim head coach with a backup quarterback versus – you know, a Falcons team that just doesn't play any defense. Just a last night was about three things: pressure, weather, and handing the ball off to guys you've never heard of. That's pretty much what it was. <laughs> well, you know, let's let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you know, one of the the, the big star last night, of course, for Carolina was Foreman, 130 yards on the ground last night. Um, but this is supposedly supposed to be a passing league, right? The NFL, except that. Mm-hmm. The through the first nine weeks of the season, teams are averaging two hundred and forty-one yards a game on the ground. That is the highest total since nineteen eighty-seven, when the league used replacement players for three games. <laughs> Think about that now. Um, now, I, is it is it because the defenses have adapted to the passing game or is it a or is it bad bad quarterbacks and the other part of it is you also have a lot of quarterbacks that run the football more than you ever have so i think it's a combination of all that but what what do you attribute it to the most look football constantly evolves over the history we know that i mean you go back to the 30s this was not an abnormal thing you know, obviously, um, the forward pass was kind of trendy, if you will. Uh, and it became trendy. And then of course, you know, we got back to 70s smash mouth football in the eighties, the West coast offense was developed in the air, air Coriel and all those things. And Bill Walsh, um, you know, and, and the league kind of became a passing game, but you know, as the trends become normal, normal becomes the trend, you know, I, it's basically how I attribute it. Look, teams recognize 
that the passing game was the future. Everybody recognized it. Now they're, now they're developing different passing schemes and air raid and all the rest. He's the Patrick Mahomes of the world, if you will. But then as that grew on, it became normal. And, you know, now you see a reverse, a revert back to the old zone run schemes right. that we've talked about back in the 90s. Terrell Davis, the Broncos, Mike Shanahan did it better than anybody. And, and the 49ers do it, the Patriots do it, the Packers do it, the Vikings are another team that does it. And now all of a sudden, all these teams now have gone back to that zone run scheme and, and, and because it is very difficult to stop if you're not prepared for it. Also, the college game has influenced it a ton with guys like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. I think that the combination of, of those two things have led to now seeing, hey, we have to play way different defense now to defend these run games instead of, I mean, the Eagles are the best example of it. Right. You look at that team and, and you see the RPO action, the, the read option, all those things. And, and Hertz has just been fantastic this year. He's clearly an MVP candidate um, with passing the football and, and, and his ability to, to kind of script in runs as well, designed for the quarterback. The quarterback position is becoming an athlete position and if you can be an athlete justin fields may survive he may be the guy that survives in that draft class because he is the best athlete in that draft class right no question so that's kind of where the game has evolved and honestly it's kind of where the sport has evolved get hybrid athletic players and we'll put them at a position that we can make them function in so this is really just a case of probably the average nfl fan wrapping their head around the fact that this game is just different today. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it is. I mean, it I, is. And, and, and I look, nobody watches probably more football than you do. So, you know, that's why I ask you because I am, I, I don't cause I'm, I'm more than a casual fan, but at the same time, you know, I, I, you've probably forgotten more about football than I ever knew. Um, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it's been strange to me, to watch these games, guys that, you know, teams that you expect to pass the football, teams that you expect um, uh, to do certain things aren't doing those things anymore. And, and you know, and, and it's it, it's just been it's been weird. I, I've just it's been a weird season for me. It just hasn't felt like a normal NFL year. Well, I think the reason for that being this normal NFL year is that there are no terrible teams in the league. There are no great teams in the league. Everybody is across the board. I get it. The Eagles are undefeated. And right. People will look at that and say, well, the Eagles are undefeated. The Eagles still are very beatable. Right. The Eagles still have a lot of flaws in them. Um, their run defense in particular is not very good. So, I, you know, to me, I look at it and I say, okay, this is what the league wanted all along. They wanted the parity. They didn't want the the 20-year dominance of the Patriots. They didn't want that. Mm-hmm. They, they want the cycle to go through. They want the, This is what the free agency period is designed to do. But at the same time, Gene, we are losing coaching, like, so badly. Yeah. So badly. And there are just so few good head coaches in the league now that know what they're doing that these games kind of become clown shows rather than <laughs> competitive, you well, know? They just become like we'll give you an example of that Panthers Falcons game three weeks ago was ridiculous right. and it was exciting and it was exhilarating, but it was a dumb off. It was right. basically what it becomes now instead of this strategic thing. And I'll give you an example of a great strategic game was Chiefs Titans last week 
was an unbelievable strategic game considering the circumstances. Mike Vrabel might have done the best coaching job of the year in any right. game this 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 year, how he was able to get that game to overtime. Yep. Gene, the Titans didn't have a first down after the 520. They had one first down after the 524 mark in the second quarter. Right. They had one first down from that point on. And, it went to and they got the game to overtime. Yeah. It was incredible. It was incredible. So we're losing the coaching side of it as well. Is is some of that, you know, going back to how the coaching, the the college game has changed? Is some of that because of the money in college now? That you're, it's hard to get coaches that want to leave the big money that they're making in college football to come coach in the pros. I I don't know about that. I think the pros are designed right now for guys that have been in the pros. Okay. Uh, you, you typically don't see a lot of college guys. Oh, yeah, Urban Meyer moving, moving. Well, ex- well, exactly. And look how that one turned out. Yeah, right. So <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you typically see guys that are lifers in the NFL or players. Right. Guys that made it. You know, and that's typically what you see in college football. You see, hey, these are guys that have been in college football right. for a while, right. and they've and they, or they or they played college football and couldn't make the league. Well, you know, you know, so it's it, it, it's a it's a kind of a it's it's. I'm not sure the college game affects it as much. It's just I think the teaching aspect is gone. I think people are so you know stuck in exactly how they do the analytic side of things has really also been a major factor. So there's a lot of combinations of things. Well, you know, and you were talking about the the, the dearth in coaching, and then you take a look at what the Indianapolis Colts did after they fired Frank Reich. My God, they hired I mean, they hired a, a guy they hired a guy that's got no head coaching experience. Anywhere, goodness. The guy was handing out orange slices last week to his JV team. I mean, (laughs) and now he's coaching in the NFL. I was, I was thinking, you know, when I saw that, I said, "Geez, Zampano could do that." Yeah, I'll go. I'll put my resume in right now with the with the Colts. (laughs) You know, I, 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 hey, we're giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. That that's a, that is a unbelievably just arrogant thing to do. To, you know, yeah. To, it, 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 he just doesn't have. And I, God bless Jeff Saturday. I'm sure he's a great guy, and it's nothing is personal, right? But he just doesn't have any of the experience at all, right? So uh, they've got they've got three head coaches in that on that coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, they got John Fox, a Super Bowl winning head coach. So why him? Or a Super right. Bowl, you know, uh, you know, a, a Super Bowl getting to head coach, really. Right. I mean, he's coached Super Bowl teams. You've got Gus Bradley, who's been a coach in the league. Right. You know, I mean, I just I don't understand what Ursay is doing at all, and I, I think what they really need to do is, hey, we need to get a new coach, a new quarterback, and marry him to the quarterback we draft next year, a hundred percent. And I think honestly. If I think if this if their goal and they did this back in 2011 when when Peyton Manning was out, if their goal is to get a quarterback in the draft, he's tanking the season. Right. He's tanking the season. Yeah. They did it back in 2011. They're doing it again now. Well, and then that brings me to my next point. You take a look at some of the moves that teams made. You know, prior to the season, we had that big. Remember all the the, whole, the quarterback shuffle. That was kind of exciting, right? And but uh, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work out too well for the Colts. Uh, you know, I mean, they only gave up a third-round pick for Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan is now the third-string quarterback. And I'm also, you know, you want to, you could make the case that the Colts would have been better off if they had just kept Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, I said it from the beginning of the season, and people laughed at me. I said, "Does Matt Ryan really upgrade you?" Right. He's a 37-year-old quarterback, and I haven't seen a zip on the ball from Matt Ryan in 
three years. Right. You know? So I, I just don't understand it. And he's just one of many cases this year with new quarterbacks going new places that haven't panned out. Is Baker Mayfield still going to be on the Panthers roster by the end of the year? I mean, think about that too. Last <laughs> yeah. night, you you you've got PJ Walker out there, who I actually thought played okay. Yep, yep. They threw the ball sixteen times, Gene. Right. They threw it sixteen times. There was forty six total passes in the game from both quarterbacks. Neither of them got over two hundred yards. Yeah. Neither of them. One had a hundred and eight yards passing. Well, I mean, it, 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 I mean, you got to be Baker Mayfield in the time. I was like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> this guy. Uh, this guy over me? I mean, I, I mean, I get it. Baker has, has shot himself in the foot. But if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm just I, I'm out of there. I'm just so out of there. I got to tell you something. I at halftime of the game last night, and these guys are talking about the game, and and I'm looking at the stats, and I'm saying, you know what? Both of these teams would be better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's sitting at the halftime desk as their quarterback, mm-hmm. than the guy who's actually playing right now. I actually believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, it's brutal. I mean, so uh, now. Let's move on to the next quarterback shuffle, and that was with Deshaun Watson, who's getting ready to come back to practice, barring some other uh, move by the NFL. Um, I'll tell you what, I have to, I have to say, if I'm Jacoby Brissett, I'm actually pissed that Deshaun Watson's coming back because I actually think Brissett has played okay. He's played okay. There's no question. I think he's he's, he's got he's had to do. He's they, got Nick Chubb, which doesn't hurt. Right, I was going to say they relied on the two running backs, and right. you know, I mean, that's 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 that helps a lot. And you have one of the best offensive lines in football, maybe the best defensive player in all of football. He could argue. Um, yeah, I, look, Brissett is a nice placeholder. He's not Deshaun Watson, and and honestly, if 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 the trend continues, maybe they're better off keeping Brissett in there. Right. But Deshaun Watson, I think people are very curious to see if he's the same player after all that he's been through his body is, is, is he in condition to go play? He hasn't played in what two years, right? Almost. Yeah. I'm more worried. So, about, I'm more worried about the mental part of it than I am the physical part. Right. Right. And he has to be locked in focus. Every time they go on the, on a road, they're going to get the hell for, for him. I mean, whether you, whether you agree with it or not, and, I think there's a good argument not to agree with him playing. Um, you know, as they go forward with this, they could be, if he is back up to standard, they could be a very dangerous team. Right. And if they sneak into the playoffs, that's a dangerous team to deal with because they can control the ball. They lead the league in time of possession, Gene. Yep. They're, they're really, they like to squeeze games down. And Watson can do a lot of the play action. He's super dangerous. So yeah. that's a fascinating case study. Um, another guy, that another quarterback that, that uh, assumed a job this year with a trade, uh, Geno Smith with Seattle. And you said, to mm. me, you said to me earlier, he's a placeholder. Do you still feel that way? I don't know. I, 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 think, I think he has been fantastic. He's clearly the NFL comeback player of the year. Um, if he, if he continues this way, I just don't know if he is going to be, you know, like a Ryan Tannehill incarnation, does Seattle really want to go down that route with the receivers that they currently have on the roster? Um, the weapons that they have, they're, they're rebuilding a team. I think eventually they're going to have to start thinking about it. I think maybe they, 
maybe they draft a quarterback and say, hey, you know, we have a guy maybe in the second or third round that can sit for a year or two and, and learn and develop under Geno. And, you know, if he has to come in, he can get some playing time. I, I think Seattle has building the out, outer part of their roster has done themselves a service to, to helping a young quarterback be successful in the league. So I like what they're doing. I still think he's a placeholder, but he might be a little more of a long-term placeholder. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get to a few things about last week's games. The Patriots, of course, have this week yeah. this week off. Uh, they beat up on the Colts last week. That was a dead team walk-in. However, yeah. I have a very hard time getting excited about this Patriots win. Look, I know it was 26-3. to mm-hmm. People say, boy, that was a butt kicker. This Patriots offense is terrible, period. I don't think terrible. there's no other way around it. Is there any fixing this? Well, I think 100% there's fixing it, and I think the, the number one thing to fixing it, and I know everybody wants to place the blame on Mac Jones. I don't think and, it's, it's not him. You know, no. I, I, I agree with you. I, I cannot look at that kid and say that he has, you know, has he underperformed from last year? Yes, obviously. But look at the circumstances around him. Right. I mean, they took away his offensive coordinator. They replaced him with a defensive coach. <laughs> they, they have, they took away some of his, um, they took away his starting guard, traded him to Tampa. Yep. They replaced him with a first round pick that, is was a questionable first round pick from a lot of standards, but I think he's been pretty decent. This past game, he was terrible. Right. But he's he's a rookie. He's got to develop. He's got to get stronger. He's light in the britches. Yep. You know. I mean, that's he's got to get bigger. You know. And then you throw out the fact that David Andrews didn't play. I mean, the pressure, the pressure from this offensive line that they've allowed Trent Brown oh. getting a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, he was he was not good. No. The revolving door at right tackle. Right. I mean, outside of Michael Onwenu, I mean, there just isn't anything going for Brutal. this offense at all, offensive line at all. Thank God for Ramondre Stevenson. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that can be fixed. It's all timing. I think the Patriots receivers are, for some reason, out of sync, and I honestly think it has a lot to do with the offensive coordinator, the quote-unquote offensive coordinator. That is supposed to be the offensive line coach, right? Which also stinks. I mean, <laughs> we've talked about. I feel like a broken record here. Yeah. But to place all the blame on Mac Jones and, and to bench him, right? I think that's extremely premature. We need to look. Is Mac Jones the guy in New England? I don't think we've answered that question yet. I don't. I don't think we've answered that question yet. I think last year we all thought he was after after that season, but he has to prove it over two three years. And I think this year has been more the outlier considering that. Coming out of college, he was the number one rated quarterback under pressure. Right. I mean, and, and he just hasn't been there this year. He's done all the things right on the offseason, getting stronger. But does he have to play better? Yes. But his circumstances around him have, have contributed to the detriment of the offense. Let's talk about a couple of uh, surprising results last week. <laughs> mm. uh, I would have been willing to bet my house that the Jets weren't beating the Buffalo Bills last week. Uh, I mean, I just, I can't even explain that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, uh, look, the, the jets getting the amount of pressure that they did. And we knew Buffalo does have a little chink in the armor at the offensive line. Right. Um, but the jets ability to get pressure on Josh Allen was outstanding. And I think this week they got from Zach Wilson, what they didn't get last week and, all he had to do was take care of the football. That's it. Right. And he did that. 
and they were right in the end, and then they, their defense made a big play. Um, uh, to me, I think that this was a very big concern for, and look, I'm not telling you the Jets are world beaters. I'm not telling you the Jets are even a playoff team. I have to see it. Like, like November is the time where we're going to separate the wheat from the chaff, right? I mean, yeah. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see who really is fundamentally sound, tough, mentally football team. That's what we're going to see. The Jets have some characteristics of that. Can they maintain in the, in the colder months? That's what I want to know. And then I want to know if Josh Allen is, is healthy. I mean, I, this, is, this is like Roger Goodell would light his hair on fire if this guy is out <laughs> and, has, and has, a, has a UCL tear right. because he's going to try and play, but that's a tough injury to go through the entire season with. That's a really tough one, and especially a guy who throws it you know, through the moon right. like him. Right. Well, uh, he's not going to know any better to just throw the ball at 100 miles an hour. Well, that really what you know that was that was an, a factor at the very end of the game last week. But I mean, that wasn't really. I mean, he didn't hurt himself until the, almost the end of that game. So, um, but it, it, I guess they're going to let us know today whether he's going to play this week or not. I mean, are, what is that? I mean, do the Bills have enough talent with Case Keenum at quarterback? Yeah, I, I think they do. I, I think they do. In fact, I, I think they'll continue to win games with him at quarterback. I think he's a good game-managing uh, quarterback. It's just going to take an element of their run game away. Right, right. And honestly, Devin Singletary has, Devin Singletary has played really well um, the last few weeks. But, look, uh, Case Keenum, good, solid veteran quarterback. I think they'll have enough. And defensively, they're going to have to get healthier, and they're going to have to win games. Remember, they were missing three defensive starters in that game as well, including Matt Milano, who's like the heart of their defense. So uh, I think that Buffalo needs to get some health quickly here defensively. Um, then the other one that would have cost me my house, uh, and, and, I know, <laughs> and I know that they neither team has been good this year, but the Detroit Lions beating Aaron Rodgers mm. and the Green Bay Packers, and Aaron Rodgers was putrid. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and Aaron Rodgers, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I don't like what I'm hearing from Aaron Rodgers. And it's basically like, I don't give a crap what anybody thinks, you know, yada, yada. Look, there seems to be, he doesn't seem, I don't know. He, it doesn't seem like he wants to take any ownership for what's going on with this Packers team. Yeah. I mean, that, that game was solely on, on him. Yeah. And, you know, you, you think about the, the stats of that game. I mean, they outgained the Lions by 300 yards. Or I'm sorry, 100 yards, excuse right. me. Uh, they, they had the ball for 35 minutes in the game. Right. The third down conversions were relatively the same. And the one thing that was different was red zone turnovers. Right. They had three of them. Right. And a lot of them were Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, and, and so that was almost that was almost like – a Brett Favre game, you know, for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We love Brett Favre. He's a great player, but sometimes he just did things that were stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and that reminded me of a Brett Favre game from Aaron Rodgers in his, in his older years. So, yeah, credit the Lions. They took advantage of that. I don't think that they kind of stumbled into a victory. I will tell you, Gene, I know I picked the Packers on, the sh on, on this show, yeah. but on Sunday I, I, flipped, I flipped and I said, you know what, I think, I think I'm going to take the Lions. And God bless it, I, I did, <laughs> and, and it was a good choice. So, <laughs> you know, uh, very, very good move on my part. But I'll, I'll say this, the Packers still haven't figured it out. They still haven't figured out 
that they need to run the football. Well, they, yeah, they just haven't done it. Except that here's the thing, Dan. They ran the ball 20 times last week with Dylan and Jones, right? They averaged three yards a carry, right? They had 20 carries for 59 yards. I So some of this also has to be on the offensive line, does it not? I mean, what is going on? It does. With two great running backs like that, how can you average three yards a carry with those two guys? Because I think that the scheme of the offensive coordinator is just not working. Okay. I think that they have a different run scheme that they've gotten away from, and they have no creativity. There's no creativity on the off- on the on the offensive play calling side, and that's been a huge problem. But Aaron Rodgers should be able to figure this out. I mean, I, I just I, I'm stunned. I am stunned that they haven't been able to, to figure out with the passing game and 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 rise above this because he's always been able to, and, and this year they're just not, and I'm not really sure why. The Jacksonville Jaguars. What mm. uh, if as if things couldn't get any worse for the Raiders? You've got a ten point lead at the half, and you can't do anything in the second half. And Trevor Lawrence with a, a great second half. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, uh, Josh McDaniels, he's got to be scratching his head and wondering if he's going to survive. Can they? Can they win games in the fourth quarter? I, I mean that that uh, they just can't do it, and their defense is so bad. They gave their defense a seventeen nothing cushion. Yeah, and they couldn't do anything else. I mean, that that's egregious to me. I mean, that's just totally egregious and a lack of. I mean, they have a good defensive coordinator. I think Patrick Graham is really a good defensive coordinator. I just I've been disappointed with Chandler Jones this year. Hasn't gotten any pressure on the quarterback. Crosby too. I mean, these are their stars. And they just haven't delivered at all. They cut their first round picks like like you know they're cutting meat at a deli basically, yep. and just giving it away as samples. I mean you know Jonathan Abrams another one. Goodbye, see you later. Um, they're they're broken. They're broken, and this is a lost year for them. I don't think McDaniel's is on his way out. I think McDaniel's this is his first year. I still think that Mark Davis believes in Josh McDaniel's. I think he needs to reset this defensive roster because the offense, the, the offense should be much better, no question. But the defense, I think, has really let them down a lot. Perhaps the most entertaining game of the week last week, and I would have never thought this would be the case. But that Dolphins Bears game was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, Justin Fields is a guy that you and I have both killed, absolutely killed. Uh, mm-hmm. has he figured it out or is it just a matter of the schedule being right for him right now? Oh, I, I don't think it's anything to do with the schedule. I think he's figuring it out because the offensive coordinator there has decided forget this passing game. Like we are going to play a college offense. Yeah. Like that's basically what we're going to do. And it works. we'll RPO it. Yeah. We'll scheme it. We'll run double tight end outs off of those schemes and tag, tag those options, tag those, you know, all these different route combinations with the running game. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's genius. And, and his athletic ability has shown. I still think he's a wide receiver playing quarterback, but he's a wide receiver and an extreme athlete playing quarterback that, you know, can throw it down the field. There's no question. And his athletic ability allows them to, to scheme up things. If he can get his passing game to the level of a Jalen Hurts. Right. I mean, he he could be scary. Right. He could be really scary to deal with. I mean, he's he's fantastic. I know they didn't win the game, 
but they played out of their minds good. And once again, you know, let's talk about this for a second. Mike McDaniels, uh, again, putting his team in jeopardy for the umpteenth time in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, he has gotten away with so much ridiculous decision-making <laughs> yes. in the fourth quarter. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yep. Um, if he doesn't have Tyreek Hill on his team, I mean, this team is nowhere. Yep. Tyreek Hill, I mean, have you seen Tyreek Hill's numbers? I, I put him in my MVP uh, ranked choice voting this week because he's ridiculous. He's got 76 catches. In, in week games. nine. He's got <laughs> – in week nine, he's got 1,100 yards. Wow. He's on pace for 2,000 yards. He's going to break every record. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. He has to be in the MVP conversation now. He's having the most ridiculous season I've ever seen. Well, and having Jalen Waddle, you know, alongside him doesn't hurt because that, you know, it's not, yeah, it's that not, too. It's not like they can double team Tyree Kill every time out because Waddle's having a pretty good and year. And Waddle's having a great year too. Yeah. He's having a fantastic year. He's in the, he's in the top 10 of, of receiving yards as well. I have to tell you, every time that, that Tua throws a touchdown pass, I just giggle because I think of you every time. <laughs> but but here we oh, are. But here we are again, three hundred yards passing, a quarterback rating of hundred and thirty five, three touchdowns and no picks. I mean, at some point and I know who he's thrown to, but at some point you gotta give a tip of the cap somewhere, don't you? I can give him I can give him some credit, but I I, I mean <laughs> let's 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 take away Let's take away. Let's replace Hill and Waddle well, forget with, it. Yeah. with somebody yeah. else. Yeah, right. And yeah. and let's see how he does. I mean, we know how it is. Right. He's capable of doing that. Look, I mean, if the Dolphins had an upgrade at quarterback, they might be the Kansas City Chiefs. I right. mean, right. That, that's what they might be. So you know, they're still six. What are they? Six and three now? Yep. Five and three? Six and three? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yep. I mean. It's not like they're lighting the world on fire. And, again, that defense is still really suspect. So I don't get the love for the Dolphins all over the place. They're for real. They're serious. Like, yeah, their offense is for real. Maybe they make the playoffs. Absolutely. But this is not a Super Bowl contending team. Um, so Tom Brady did not have a very good game last huh. week. Let's be honest. He did not have a great game. Um, but – he finds a little magic and uh, a little blast of the past, and the Bucks win one that they desperately had to have. Yeah, it was nice to see. Honestly, it was nice to see. I mean, to him, him to have that again, that moment again, and as bad as they played, and again, I'll say this, you know, it is not on him. Right. Uh, it is not on him on the field. Off the field, we can talk about that. Right. On the field, it is not on him. These receivers have been terrible. How many? His how, offensive how many, line has been terrible. How many passes has his have his receivers dropped this year? I mean, it seems. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. Gene, I, I can't tell you. I mean, I could count them, but I think I think the people in Maricopa County, Arizona, are counting them. So we can't really. <laughs> I'm not sure if we can count them all. But that's that's just me. Yeah. But the, like you know, to me, it, that's been the issue, yeah. and and we know that. I think a win like that, first off, it kills the Rams. The Rams are dead. Right. But second off, I think it could catapult the rest of the season to say, hey, guys, like, we won this game. We won it with heart. That's how you got to play every week. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Right. Okay? We just got to figure out a way to win a game. And if they can do that, and, and their defense getting healthier in the secondary, 
If they can do that, I think that there's a possibility that, that they could go on the run. Uh, with Atlanta losing last night, I mean, the door's wide open for them now. They got to they got to go out and win this weekend. I mean, they they got to retake the control of this division. That division's brutal. Uh, let's get to the picks for this week, uh, and let's start off with that one. Uh, Seattle is at Tampa. Tampa is a two and a half point favorite, and uh, Geno Smith, who's having himself a pretty good year, uh, can Tom Brady follow up? You know, the magic from the end of last week and carry it into this week. Well, let's pack the extra leader hosen out in Munich, Germany. It's going to be fantastic. Obviously, great thing for the league. Right. Um, but I'm going. I'm going with beer. I'm going with bratwurst, and I'm going with Brady. That's what I'm going to go with. I, I think that this this will be a um, really really good game because all the metrics for the defensive and offensive side of the football for Seattle and and Seattle's offense versus Tampa Bay's defense, all those metrics are like the same. Right. So these are this is going to be real tight. The question is, with the speed of the Seattle defense, can Tampa figure out a way to beat it? Right. They've got they're really young, but they're really fast at the same time. And this is going to have to be a Brady schemed up thing for them to win this football game. I think they can do it. I, I really do. And you know, everything in my being screams Seattle here. It's like yes, Seattle's a better team. Seattle's played better. That they've had a great year. I think Seattle's due. That's what I think. I think Seattle's due, and I think the Bucks are due. And I, I think it's time to revive it. So I'll take the Bucks to win this game close. Maybe they cover. I, I think I, I think there's a chance they could cover that three, but I, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Denver is at Tennessee. We know what a mess that has been in the quarterback situation in Denver. Tennessee right now, it, we, do we know yet whether Tannehill's playing this week? Sounds like he is likely to play. There's still no confirmation on that. Um, but that's an injury that's going to be hobbling him around. Right. And, and God bless it. I mean, people are going to see Tennessee at what they did on Sunday night and say, wow, like, no, that team is back. They're for real. You know, yeah. they're, they're tough. They're physical. Blah, blah. I mean, they got a lot of injuries, A. And B, like Denver, I mean, say what you want about that offense. That defense is incredible. Right. It's incredible how good that defense is. It, it it is up there. It is a top three or four defense in the league of how they've kept their teams in games right. to win games without as bad as that offense has been. So I think that this week, tough to come back off of that really physical game in Kansas City and come back and get a win here. Denver has good run defense. The offense doesn't have to do much, Gene. It's just got to score – I think 20 points could win this game for, for, for Denver. So I, I think that that's where it's going to be. I'm going to take the Broncos to, to go into Nashville and win. For what it's worth, I agree with you. I, I, I think you're right. Uh, Cleveland at Miami. The Dolphins are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, um, again, Cleveland off the bye. They definitely got to work on their tackling on defense. That uh, Miami's explosive offense is going to get theirs. But here's my upset special of the week. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns to win this game because I think not only uh, are the Browns, you know, have some really, really scary defensive linemen that can get their hands up, block, knock down passes, can rush the quarterback into a put him in a difficult situation. But they're going to squeeze this game down, like I said. Leading the league in time of possession, great run team, um, you know, I think they'll squeeze this game down to the point where even if Miami 
scores a lot of points, I think they can keep up with them um, because Miami's defense is not physical. Okay. And the Browns are going to beat them up up front. So I'm going to take the Browns. Um, this uh, next one is going to be – you're probably going to hate me for even giving you this one because we don't know uh, what we've got. But uh, the Vikings, uh, who, you know, I still can't believe their record is 7-1. and one, uh, But they are going mm-hmm. to Buffalo. Buffalo is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but we don't know who's playing quarterback. And even if it is Josh Allen, it, it's going to be a uh, reduced Josh Allen. Um, I'm not really. I don't really care if it's Josh Allen or Case Keenum. I like the Bills here. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all over it. I, I think you're getting a discount, honestly, at this point on the Bills, um, because I think Case Keenum is more than capable of leading this team. I think defensively, the Vikings are just wretched. Um, they play the the one thing that the Vikings do well, and the reason why they're seven and one, is because they understand that the fourth quarter is the most important time of the game. Right. You know, they understand that that, that part of the game is it's game is a game unto itself. Right. And so they play outstanding fourth quarter football. But the rest of the time it is like holding on for dear life. <laughs> I mean it really is. So to me, I think that Buffalo hopefully will be a little healthier. I think that they even with Case Keenum in there a veteran, wildly veteran, that's going to be able to lead them. I think Buffalo not only wins a game, I think even if Case Keenum plays, I, I think this could be a little bit of a runaway. It's going to be snow flurries okay. and wind yep. in that in that game. Yep. So that's going to be also a factor. Could keep the scoring lower, but I do think Buffalo can win this game by 10 points. I'll tell you what I think the other factor, and I agree with you, I think the other factor in this one is that quarterback on the other side, Kirk Cousins, does not is not exactly a guy when the moment is big that is a guy that has stepped up in really big games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he he tends to have it go down both legs, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, I know. I've seen it many times. <laughs> All right. Many times. Uh, the Giants coming off a bye at home. A one six and one Houston team. This maybe I'm wrong, but to me, if you're a Giant fan, I'd be nervous about this game. I hate this game. I mean, <laughs> I just have no feeling on either of these teams because I mean, look, the Giants coming off of a loss, um, and then through the bye week, the Texans having ten days off um, after playing a really good game against the Eagles, and then just kind of screwing it up at the end, right? I, I, Gina, I got no logic in anything about this pick, so I'm just gonna. Which means you're gonna go get it right. There and take, I mean, probably I'm gonna go out there and take the take. Ah, yeah, but Daniel Jones at home too. That's another factor. I mean, you know what? Screw it. Let's take the Texans. Uh, I'll I'll sacrifice a pick. I'll, I'll be the sacrificial <laughs> lamb. Nobody else is gonna take them. So you know, I, I, let's take the Texans just for fun. Honestly, because I hate this game. So when I hate a game, I just take the underdog, Texans. Perhaps the most fascinating game of the week, and maybe not necessarily because of the competition on the field, but the backstory, and that is the Dallas Cowboys and their head coach going to Green Bay. And, um, mm. you know, McCarthy with the, you know, he's still, well, I'll tell you what, when he talks about, you know, the Packers, you can still kind of hear the wistfulness in his voice, can't you? Mm-hmm. Dallas, no, Dallas of, of yesteryear. Yeah, Dallas a five point favorite on the road. I mean, if not now, when Gene? I mean, this is it. Right. I mean, this is it for them. I, they, they, it has to happen now, 
or it won't happen this year. It, it, their season is on the line here for Green Bay. Yep. Uh, Dallas, we know how explosive they are and can be now with Dak back. The run game uh, is obviously efficient. I think the Packers' defense is not terrible. I think it's above average, I guess I would say. Um, but they're much better in the secondary than they are up front. I mean, I just – how are they going to move the football on Dallas's defense? Right. I just – the pressure that they're going to get, it's going to be really, really hard. But I will say this, Gene, hungry dogs usually run faster, don't they? So – I'm not going to take the Packers. I think okay, the Cowboys good. will win the game, but I think this is going to be close. I think this is going to be a really, really close game. And, and look, the one team that Aaron Rodgers has owned in his career is the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Don't be surprised if the Packers are leading in the fourth quarter of this game. So, That's so, all I'll say. So you're going to take Dallas, but if, on the Sunday card where you're taking the, the spread, you might take the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, a little, little preview for you. Right <laughs> All right, uh, the last one I have for you, I'm going to stay away from the Monday night game because I think that's going to be a, a, a blowout. But uh, this one I'm a little bit curious about. Uh, I think I know where you're going, but I'm a little bit curious. The Chargers coming off uh, a win, 5-3, and three, game out of first place in the uh, NFC West or AFC West, taking on the San Francisco 49ers who need the win to kind of keep pace uh, with uh, Seattle. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right, and, and your, your, your instinct is, is leading you. Always follow your nose there, Gene, yeah. because Kyle Shanahan versus Brandon Staley. I mean, what are we talking about? This is a total mismatch coaching-wise. Um, look, you, you've got a great rushing team right. in San Francisco getting Debo Samuel back. Chargers can't stop the worst rush defense right. in football. So, right. I mean, I, 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 there's nothing I could say. Uh, seven points seems like a lot, though. I, 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 it does seem like that is a huge overcorrection for the Chargers after they've been favored and favored and just not covering at all. Right. Um, you know, so I, I am interested to see if they can cover that number, but I will say this. I think San Francisco does win this game. It, it could be a blowout, I would say that as well. Gene, I know you don't want to touch on the Monday night game, but I'll say this. If you are wagered inclined, it is time to – take every week and bet against the Eagles because <laughs> it is yeah. at some yeah. point, at lose. some point right. they're going to lose. You right. remember two years ago when, when the, when the Steelers were 11 and 0 yeah. and I told you Washington and they played Washington on that Tuesday night, weird game. And you were like, I think I know where you're going. I said, Nope, I'm going Washington. They were like 12 point underdogs and, and you called me crazy. And sure enough, bang, like it, like Washington beat them right. because at some point, the bubble is going to burst. I think this could be a major trap game for the Eagles. Oof. They have to play this right. And look, the divisional opponent at home, big spread at home. Oof. Like I, I do think that this could be a trap game. So don't be surprised. But I think if you're wager inclined, you got to bet against the Eagles every week now. Well, I think I would. I think I would. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate. I don't think to 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 bet the spread. I don't think I would just. But I don't think I would bet the the Washington uh, Red. Uh, to, I almost said the Redskins, the Washington Commanders, uh, <laughs> to win this one outright. But I, I suppose stranger things. Well, have, well, we'll see. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, Money management at that point. So you you do what you want to do. Well, my friend, uh, enjoy the weekend up there in tropical Connecticut and uh, the, taking on the Yukon Huskies. And uh, you guys, what are what nineteenth in the country? 
Well, uh, that's, that's just the thing. AP poll has us 19th. CFP poll has us unranked. So right. uh, only team only team in the country ranked in the coaches and the AP poll that's not ranked in the playoff poll. Really? So, oh. Chip, well, we'll see. Little, we'll see. Little, uh, you little know, chip I, on the shoulder? I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to reserve it for the field. That's all I'm going to say. Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Gene, God bless. We're in double digits week of, of the NFL, week 10. I, it's very exciting, and I can't wait to see what happens in the second half. Enjoy the weekend, buddy. That's going to do it for us here this morning on a Veterans Day here in Hayesville, North Carolina. We're going to leave you a little Toby Keith because I can't think of a better way on Veterans Day uh, to leave you with a little courtesy of the red, white, and blue. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.